podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Brenneman. This is a podcast where we explore the deconditioning process using parts work, human design, knowledge, all sorts of stuff. I don't even really know what this podcast is anymore, (laughs) to be honest. Um, As some of you may know, if you listen to my other show with Brandy Gilmartin, Human Design Coffee Talk, that show has really taken off and it's a live show that we do on Instagram. Working on getting it into the podcast format, I just haven't had the energy to do the editing for all of it, but it's also up on YouTube if you're not familiar with it already. And so my energy just hasn't been pulled to this podcast and I was curious as to what this podcast wants to be because I'm not getting the... I'm not getting the pulse to stop doing this podcast. I'm not a no to it. I'm still a yes to it. But I just started looking at the data and the numbers and seeing which episodes are the most popular. What do people want from me? What do people like to consume from me? And by far the most popular episodes are the coaching episodes. And, you know, those are also my favorite ones to record and put out. So, I'm probably primarily going to do coaching episodes on here as well as solo episodes when I just need to externalize and express myself, but yeah, as far as the future of this podcast, we're just going to see how it goes. I have quite a few people that have volunteered to be guests and be coached live, so I'm really excited to work with those people and create this content for the collective because... I just feel like, number one, I love facilitating parts work, and it's kind of an odd modality that's not very well known, and I feel like it's one of those modalities that's hard to explain to people. So when I do live coaching episodes, it allows people to really see what a parts work session is like, really feel into it, see if it's something that would work for you, that would resonate for you. So it's, it's fun for me to do that. And I feel like there's so many things that are relatable when we're talking to our parts, because even though you might have a different part, like let's say the inner critic, for example, might show up differently for you. It's going to show up. It's going to be relatable in some way to listen to somebody else work through the same part or a similar part. So I feel like I get so many people reaching out about these episodes in particular saying, oh my gosh, I related so much to that person and I have a similar part. And it can be comforting to hear other people that are perhaps struggling with similar issues and willing to be vulnerable and share that story. I also get a lot of people asking, you know, okay, so human design is great and it gives me a lot of information about myself. It confirms and validates and all the things. But a lot comes up when you are going through this process of deconditioning and stepping into your truest self. So what are the modalities that help support that process? And I always, always come back to parts work. It seems to complement human design in a really interesting way, you know, because the human design body graph is a matrix of your mind and parts work is this way to explore different components of our consciousness. So I digress. Um, 
thank you for being here. Thank you for sticking around. I'm officially going to call this season three. It seems to be really helpful as a defined emotional being and also somebody with an open head where inspiration just kind of comes and goes for me to do seasons of things and to also not have any expectations because I just never know when the inspiration to create is going to come. So I don't do, you know, I don't promise weekly episodes. I don't promise monthly episodes even. It's just they come out when they come out. And if you're still a devoted listener, then I thank you for being here and for being open to my very random creativity. Because even though I do have guests booked for the next, I don't know, I think I'm booked out two months now for podcast guests, um... I don't always have the pulse to edit these, (laughs) so that comes when it comes, and I will put episodes up as quickly as I humanly possibly can, but I just love not making promises. Now that I've really worked to decondition my open ego, it feels so freeing to not promise anybody anything, even myself, even myself, so... Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Today's guest is a lovely human named Tegan. Tegan and I explored some different parts when it comes to emotional intimacy and opening up and really showing yourself to the world. Tegan is a 2-4 and I can relate immensely to these parts that we explored because it it felt very much like something that two fours battle with. I don't, you know, we don't battle with it, but it's just something that really can plague us is revealing ourselves to people too much and feeling like we don't want people to see us because there, we do have a projection field around us, and I'll speak for myself, but as a second line, I often feel naked. I feel like everybody can see me, and I can't see myself. It's almost that feeling of, like, you're changing in the bedroom, and then you f- see that the window's open, and there's somebody outside, and you're worried that they saw you. It feels like everybody can see you, but you can't see yourself, and I find that the, a lot of the two fours that I've worked with have experienced this fear of being seen or fear of opening up emotionally, fear of being vulnerable. Um, So, you know, that's just my human design analysis of this. Of course, this is, could be completely unique to Tegan and her life experience and her just way of being in the world. So enjoy this parts work session consciousness exploration with the lovely Tegan. Um, so yeah, I mean, do you want to kind of tell me what, like somatically what you're feeling in your body right now? Um, so just like probably about 15 or 20 minutes ago, I just started to feel this like tightness in my throat and then it just felt really phlegmy and it like, I can't get rid of the phlegm that's sitting there. Mm. So I feel like obviously something that's ready to be shifted there. Yeah. Okay. And what does that tightness feel like? Is it feel like something's, does it feel like warm? Does it feel staticky? It's really restrictive. Like it feels like it's like clenching on my throat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And if you were to 
almost like feel into what part of you this might be that's restricting something there? Do you feel like there's a part of you that would be doing that? It's my heart. I, as soon as you started to talk, I could feel it pulling all the way down to mm. my heart. Mm. So why don't we just maybe close our eyes for a second and just start to go into that feeling. And you can also open your eyes if closing them ends up not feeling good or feels too intense, whatever feels right for you. And first, just bringing some awareness to our body and how supported we are. So if there's something, if there's somewhere in your body that feels safe for you, maybe it's noticing your back being supported. Maybe it's noticing your feet on the ground. Wherever you can find a little bit of safety in the body, something that feels that just feels good that you'd like to bring your attention to. And maybe the throat feeling is still there. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's you're feeling kind of both. You're feeling the support from your back being against the wall, or maybe you're feeling the throat, and we're just allowing all of that to be present. Even bringing some awareness to the thoughts that you're having right now. Just observing them as they kind of pass through. And then if it feels okay, starting to move your awareness towards that restriction in your throat. And if at any point it doesn't feel good to go into that deeper, you can stop, you can pull out of it, just respecting and honoring your own process. I'm just noticing what happens as you go into that sensation of that tightness in your throat, that restriction.
Do you want to describe to me what's coming up for you at all? Um, like straight away, everything just turned green. Mm. <laughs> and then as I sit there at like, like I'll feel since it still feels restricted, but I'll feel sensations. And then it's like, and it, like there's this shoot of energy down to my heart. It's kind of painful. Just like shoots down. Mm. I don't know. It just feels like, and even when I, um, like when you told me to focus on the part that made me feel supported, that actually made the energy in my throat get more intense. It was like the idea of being supported was like freaking it out. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so the idea of being supported made the restriction in your throat get more intense. Yeah. Does this restriction in your throat feel like it's trying to protect you in any way? Yeah, it does. Hmm. It feels like it's come from like when I was like when I was younger, people that should have supported me when I used my voice didn't. And so I kind of like put up this barrier to protect myself from being vulnerable in that way or like relying on people in that way or letting people in in that way. Mm. Like people have kind of always thought, well, when I was younger there was this projection on me that I had a strong voice and that I was really opinionated and all of that sort of stuff. But what people didn't realise was I only ever shared things that I was like, I knew I could 100% back myself up. I would never just like take a side or have an opinion on something unless I could back it. It didn't mean I didn't carry a lot more opinions inside of me too, but it was like that logical side was easy to kind of cling to. Right. Hmm. I wonder what it would be like to talk to the part of you that feels like it needs to protect you in this way. Would you feel comfortable speaking from that part? Sure. Okay. So just kind of setting Tegan aside for a moment and moving into the space of the part of you that is your protector. So allowing that frequency to come forward. getting into that space of this is the part of Tegan that feels like it needs to keep her safe. This is the part of Tegan that doesn't feel like she can trust others to support her. 
This is maybe the first part of you that you introduce to people when you first meet them, maybe having your guard up a little bit. I'm just noticing somatically what happens in your body as you enter into this energy pattern within you. And then we're just going to get to know this, this protector, this part of you that keeps you safe and explore from a place of curiosity. So it can be helpful to talk in third person as you're speaking from the part, referring to Tegan as a separate part. So you're fully in it. Um, so as this protector part, when was the first time you became active in Tegan's life? Three years old. Mm. Uh, pretty much as soon as Tegan started to talk. Wow. And was there something happening at that time that made your presence necessary? Yeah, she would, because she, because Tegan could see things that nobody else could see and she would just say them because she thought it was normal because it was just her experience, but they weren't things that people wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. They were like truths that they weren't ready to see within themselves. And so from that really young age, she kind of started to realise already like what, what she just knew without any explanation wasn't necessarily something she should say. Wow. So when she would start talking, she would get, would she get a reaction from people around her that didn't feel safe for her? Yeah, she could energetically feel it as well as people just reacting and telling her not to say things. Wow. So then you came in to keep her safe and to kind of keep a barrier between her and those people? Yeah, but the problem is the more that I did that, the more she became disconnected from that, like, you know, knowing and her ability to kind of see truth that no one else can see. Mm. Do you feel like it's a good thing that Tegan can see the truth that no one else can see? Yes. How do you feel about her speaking that truth? A little bit sick. Mm. Why does that make you feel sick, do you think? Because I could feel how much it hurt her to feel that sense of rejection when she was so young. And mm. so I don't want her to have to feel that again. Yeah. 
What do you want the most for Tegan? To be able to share what she knows because it's so valuable for people to actually be able to hear what she has to say. So it sounds like you really believe in her. Yeah. But I came in because if she had just kept going how she was, she would have just fully shut down and disconnected from everything. But at least by me doing what I did, she was still able to keep that connection within her. She just stopped expressing it outwardly. Yeah. So you almost have helped her still trust herself. Yeah. Was that kind of your goal for intervening? Yeah, and also to protect her from carrying the emotions of other people. Mm -hmm. Picking them up so much anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's like... Tegan's a very sensitive human and seems like you've come in to almost give her this protective orb of energy around her so that she can stay strong within herself. Yeah. Is there anything that you feel like Tegan should avoid at all costs? Like what experiences do you think she should avoid? I don't think there's any she should avoid now. I actually think she's ready to just take the reins for herself. She's strong enough in herself and she's aware of the way she takes on the the way she used to take on the energy of others. She doesn't do that anymore. Mm. She has an awareness of things that she didn't didn't have that same understanding on didn't have anyone to support her that when she was young so but she has that now okay so it's almost like you're wanting to step aside a little bit yeah oh yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. is it still does it still feel scary or unsafe for you to imagine stepping aside Yeah, I can sense that she's afraid. Is there another part of Tegan that you're maybe standing in front of and protecting that is maybe the one that's afraid? Yeah, the part of her that doesn't want people to see what is in her heart. She keeps it very protective. And would you have any advice for that part of Tegan?
just to trust in it and not let the mind take over. That mm. if she can remain in her heart, that it will all be okay. Wow. So if you had free reign over Tegan's actions right now, what would you have her do? Share with people what's truly on her heart because that will actually help other people be able to connect with the truth that's existing within them. Mm. Wow. Seems like you really care about Tegan's best interest. Yeah. I've been with her for a long time. Yeah. Been with her for a very long time. It seems like your role in her life is shifting even as we speak. Yeah. So you're kind of going from the one that was keeping her from speaking to encouraging her to speak. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything that you would like Tegan to know? That her truth doesn't have to be the same as everyone else's, that yes, there is a universal truth, but everyone exists at different frequencies, so the truth that they carry in them is going to be different, and that's okay. Would you mind if we talked to another part of Tegan? Are you okay with that? Yeah, that's totally fine. Okay, great. Well, thank you for speaking with us. Thank you. So just kind of shifting back into Tegan. Give yourself a moment to get grounded and coming back from that space. That was really interesting. I've actually never had that happen where the protector like morphs almost. I mean, sometimes it happens where people go in and out of different personalities, but it actually felt like your protector was taking on a different role in real time. Like it came out protective and then it was like actually yeah it felt like the whole energy of it was stepping to the moving to the side yeah I should have prefaced that usually like any energetic work I do like wild random shit normally happens I'm the same (laughs) I've had like full body convulsions before doing this kind of stuff like it's and it seemed like you were clearing a lot out of your throat and things were just moving up and out yeah 
No, a lot of energy really shifted. Mm-hmm. What are you experiencing in this moment? It's a bit of a sense of peace. Yeah. Which is nice. I don't know. It's sometimes like, I mean, it's crazy when you think that things like that step in at such a young age. But then I suppose it makes sense when they do that you have no awareness that they're doing that because they've just been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've read stories of people being like, like their protector will say they've been with them since they were in the womb. Yeah. You know, if their if their mother wasn't taking care of the baby, it's like these parts of our consciousness really start to develop as soon as we need it, because we very quickly realize that this world is not a safe space and we need some sort of barrier. So it's really amazing to see how everybody's protector presents differently and has different strategies and um, ways of viewing the world. And when we really see it as these parts of us have their own preferences, desires, wants, personalities, right? It's almost like a whole separate yeah. thing. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and and you knew, it's like, you knew the answer so quickly, two years old, you know? I know, and as soon as I heard it come through, I felt part of myself just want to resist it, like, oh, that can't be it, surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you feel like you wanted to resist it? Um, I think because I feel like I carry so much trauma from lots of different things from a young age and my initial thought was, oh, fuck, another thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And we start to see how, like, it makes perfect sense. Once you're behind the eyes of that part or you're committed to that energy pattern and seeing the world through that lens it it makes sense why that part behaves the way it does yeah you know so and it just and it makes more sense to me why I've really leaned on logic for a big portion of my life like that was a big underlying thing in there the logic felt safer right it's like I think of logic and I think of like cool um cool it's like cool as a cucumber you know it's well this and then this and then this leads to this and you it's it's almost like the rational mind part of us that can rationalize things but then our intuitive part starts to develop or starts to come to the surface and that's emotional and that's unpredictable and that's not logical. And we can be judged for that part of us. Mm. So it can feel if you weren't brought up in a family that honors that and celebrates that, it can feel really dangerous to go into that intuitive space. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. so when we were in the protector it seemed like there was another part that was kind of making itself known to us 
what part do you feel like that was? I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but like if you were to give it a name. I don't know if like, it feels like it's in my chest. It's in my heart, definitely. Yeah. But it still feels like a whole nother protective layer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's possible too. Um, I almost look at it as like our protectors are like the knights in front of the castle. And so you might get through the first night and then there's like another one there. Right. <laughs> so we can have different protectors with different roles. And that's totally cool too. So you're just exploring like the depth of your protective energy, you know? Which then when you think about it, like, like let's say I've got all these layers of protectors, and then I don't know if this is my logical mind or not, but it's like no wonder that I've played out this role of protecting other people so much. Mm -hmm. Like that's really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least something that I've noticed is like we treat, we tend to like treat others how we treat ourselves in that way. It's like, it, it can kind of go either way. You know, if, if someone's like, you know, if someone's really mean to you and they're like, oh, they're really mean to themselves, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like, if your protectors are really strong within you, um, they're going to be protective of other people, especially other people that might be mirroring a part of, like representing you in some way, you know, how we end up being friends with people who are similar to us. And yeah. um, I noticed that whenever one of my friends is like experiencing something emotional or, you know, I can tell they're in their inner child. I'm like, Oh, it reminds me of my inner child. And I just want to save them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And especially if the protectors are really, you know, according to the theory, like the protector is kind of running the show. So the protector is almost like the project manager <laughs> within our internal system. And it's deciding who's allowed to come forward and who needs to stay in the castle, you know? Um, so if there's a part of you that the protector doesn't deem is like acceptable to come out for whatever reason, usually because it is afraid that it's not safe for that part of you to come out then it'll be like, no, no, that part's not allowed out. Like maybe the intuitive part needs to stay locked up in the castle, but this rational mind that can come out, <laughs> you know? So how are you feeling about maybe going into that next layer? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> all right. Just making sure your nervous system is like I know it's, we all kind of have a threshold. It's like, okay, I'm tapped out now or whatever. So I think it's good to be aware of that. Um, yeah. So okay, yeah. that last was like, it actually didn't be like, I mean, it was really strong, but it didn't feel like overwhelming or anything. Okay, cool. Yeah, it felt okay. Yes, yeah, so we started kind of soft. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> so kind of going through similar process again eyes open or closed whatever feels better for you and then just allowing yourself to shift 
into that energy pattern of this next protective aspect of Tegan. Choosing to take on this next protector, the part of Tegan that wants to keep her safe at all costs. Maybe even just noticing what sensations you're feeling in the body, where you feel those sensations. If you're getting any visuals of any colors or textures or landscapes. Just allowing whatever wants to come up to come up. I'm just gonna call you protector number two. So as Tegan's protector number two, when did you first become active in her life? Five. Mm. And was there something happening at that time that made your presence necessary? Yeah, she was getting told all the time that she was too emotional and too sensitive. How did that make Tegan feel? Like who she was wasn't okay. Wow. That must have been really hard for her. Yeah. Yeah. It made her feel like any emotions that she felt or any way she felt about anything was, was wrong and that she couldn't express it. And what did you come in to do for her? I dulled her emotions. Mm. Mm. So she hasn't like But because of that, she doesn't know how to connect with positive ones and let herself feel them. Wow. So it's kind of like because all of the emotions were dulled, that's also dull. You can't just choose one type of emotion to dull. You just have to choose all of it. Yeah. And do you feel like that's helped, Tegan? No. Was it just what was necessary in that moment for you to do? Yeah. But I wouldn't have done it if I knew how it was going to 
play out throughout her life. So you're experiencing some remorse. Yeah. That's okay. Kind of allowing that feeling of remorse to be there and knowing that you were doing the best you could at the time with what you had. You were just trying to keep Tegan safe. What do you want most for Tegan now? Do we have to feel joy? So she's still struggling to feel joy. Yeah. Is that hard for you to watch her struggle with that now? Yeah. Because I've watched her work really hard to create this life that is what she wanted and now she just can't experience how good it is. Oh. Yeah, I can see there's some sadness there around that. What would your biggest fear for Tegan be? That she continues to not be able to feel it. Mm. there any advice that you'd have for Tegan that you would like her to know? Don't be afraid to feel it. It's safe. Mm. It feels like it's going to make you really vulnerable, but it's going to make you vulnerable in a good way. Being vulnerable can be safe and it's okay and it can lead to positive emotions not just negative ones is there a time you can remember tegan being able to safely feel something and having it be a good experience
Yeah. When she when she had her son. Mm. Yeah. Which she hadn't let herself feel the joy of that until after he was born. Wow. It seems like maybe you're ready to repurpose your role in Tegan's life as well. Yeah. What role would you wish to take on? More of an observer. Just watching. Just watching over. And then... If she really needs me, I can come and be there. But only if she asks instead of me being in this position where I'm just there all the time. Okay. So maybe observer, but with discernment as well. Yeah. Yeah, because do you feel discernment is still a good thing to have? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Can you recognize how you've contributed positively into to Tegan's life? Not really. I think my stepping into her life led to lots of really toxic and unhealthy habits and choices. Mm. But she's also done this amazing job the last few years to remove all those from her life. Like she's chosen to do that. That wasn't my doing. Okay. Seems like you're proud of her. Yeah. Are there certain decisions that you've made for Tegan that have turned out well? Yeah, her becoming a mum, that changed a lot of things for her. And you helped her make that decision? Yeah. Well, that's great. feel like it's important to see yourself as a valuable part of Tegan's system. It can just be hard to see that when there seems to be so many more negatives than positives. Yeah, I can understand that. 
I think what matters now is that you're ready to shift your role in her life and you're still a powerful force within her. And you just had to do what you had to do. Yeah. It's all a part of her learning experience. And I do think in some ways I've helped her from being as overwhelmed by the emotions of other people. Yeah. Because she so easily takes them on and for a long time in her life she thought that other people's feelings were hers. Yeah. That can be a lot coming at a person. And a lot to learn to deal with. You know, we need protection. We can't just walk around with nothing on. It's just like how we wear clothes, right? We do need some protection. So you are valuable part of Tegan's life and I think what's important now is that you're allowing her to make decisions for herself and seeing your role within that yeah maybe part of me is just being afraid that she's not going to need me anymore yeah, that's understandable. Are there any ways that you try to get Tegan's attention if you feel like she's not listening to you? And make her feel stressed about things. Ah. Oh. And then what does she do when she feels stressed? Gets stuck in thought loops about things and doubts herself. Doubts the path that she's taking. Mm. And what's, what's your desire when you make her feel stressed? What are you wanting out of that? To have a bit of control because I've lost it. Oh. That's okay. Sounds like you just don't want to become insignificant. Yeah. Is there another way that you could go about getting Tegan's attention? Making her feel loved and supported instead. Mm. How would it feel for Tegan to check in with you if she's making a decision? That would feel good. Yeah. 
you know, Tegan's watching this right now and listening. So she's aware that that would be helpful for you. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to let Tegan know? That I'm proud of the way she's stepped away from me, even though I've hated it. Because I know it's allowed her to be more of herself. Mm. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for talking to us today. Thank you for letting me be heard. Yeah, of course. Slowly transitioning back into Tegan, getting grounded in your body. was that like how was that different from the other protector um they felt like they had more power I don't know how to explain it or more like more control Mm -hmm. like I feel like that protector I've probably battled with more. Mm. I think the protector I've kind of like gone along with and used it in my life in a positive way, whereas I think the other protector, there's been a maybe a little bit of a power struggle at times. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because from their perspective, it's like, can you imagine having this really prominent role in somebody's life? And then all of a sudden they're like, get out of here. You're ruining my life. Like how that would feel. Right. And so it's like, when we look at it through that lens, all of those feelings are valid that that part of you is feeling. Yeah. At the same time, we can still be frustrated with it. You know, we can still see how it is creating these patterns for us and it's unhealthy. And um, at least I found with myself with doing this work, which is why it was interesting how they were, they told us, you know, I don't, I'm afraid that she's not going to give a shit about me anymore. (laughs) You know, it's, I found that 
checking in with those parts. It's like, if I'm ignoring them, they get louder and louder. And then that's when they're like causing me stress, like what they were describing. Um, did you feel like either one of them was like more masculine or feminine or was there kind of an archetype that came forward for you to represent them? The second one was definitely more masculine for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think even though the first one was like pushing me into using logic, I think it was a more feminine energy because it was quite, it felt a lot more gentle and the intention behind the actions, I don't know, just felt different. Yeah. It almost felt like, um, at least on my side of things, it almost felt like more of like a motherly figure within you where it was like, you know, our moms can still be very stern and whatever, but it felt like a nurturing sternness for you or, um, yeah. And then the other one felt more like a father figure. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It's like they both want the best for you and they both want to protect you. They're just choosing kind of different ways to do that. Did you feel like either one of them resembled any caretakers in your life? Or any role models that you had at all? Yeah, well, there's big themes in my family of like not talking about emotions. And like there's a whole side of my family I don't even communicate with, which I would assume I probably like deeply linked to that second protector yeah 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 because they felt so different yeah yeah so yeah because that's there's a side of my family that's always just treated me as being too emotional and too sensitive and all that sort of stuff and it's the random times I would be around them, it is what would continue to come up every time. So that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we can see how that conditioning is like imprinted in us and then we take it on as a part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it like it is us, but it's also really good to see it as a way to spot that conditioning. Yeah. <sighs> How are you feeling now? Um, I feel pretty good. I'll probably have a nap this afternoon. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. This work can be really draining and like in a good way, you know, cause it really moves energy. Um, but yeah, it seems like they feel like things to shift, like mm-hmm. massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what would be like your takeaway from this going forward? Don't be afraid to share what's on my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even your protectors are rooting for you to do that now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. You're so welcome. This is so beautiful to witness you in that way and to hold space for it. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool because you just, you realize how deep we really are, like how much there really is in there. Yeah. Um, What I think. What were you saying? I think that's what's really cool about like connecting with your inner child and understanding that there's all these different parts of yourself because then I think you have more compassion for others, right? Because you look at them and you're like, well, there's so much more to me than what you see. So there's obviously so much more to you and I need to be compassionate about that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend about that, how, I think at times, at least for me, I can be really critical of others in the way that they are relating, you know, like, for example, if I want to talk about something that's deep, like, I just want to share my feelings, and I want to know how they're feeling. And there's definitely certain people in my life that are not as comfortable expressing as I am. And I didn't used to be this way, too. But it's almost like sometimes I forget because I'm so different now. Um, But realizing that you're talking to somebody's protector most of the time. You know, it's like they don't even have any conscious awareness that they're in their protector part and their protector part doesn't feel safe expressing emotionally or seeing a truth that it doesn't want to see or whatever. And so going forward, it's kind of like after I started doing this work, I started looking at it through that lens of 90% of the time I'm talking to somebody's protector, especially when I first meet them. And slowly they might let me through the castle doors to see the other parts that are in there. But each one of us has so much depth within us. It's just kind of locked away for a lot of the the time, you know, because the protector is just like blindly running the show. So, yeah, compassion's huge. And compassion starts with ourselves, having compassion for ourselves, and then we have it for others. And huge part of it so thank you so much for being vulnerable and allowing me to record this for the audience I know these are everybody's favorite episodes or the coaching episodes and I think because it just allows people to not feel so alone their own stuff you know and then we can can really see that we go through a lot of similar things and it's like especially in the social media world, you know, everybody's putting their best foot forward. Everybody's putting their protector (laughs) forward or a protector. That's like, this is the best version of me. (laughs) And then when you actually see there's just so much more depth to people, I think it's so beautiful. I think the vulnerability is just so beautiful. It is. Thank you. Thank you for holding space for me. Thank you so much, Tegan. I'll talk to you soon. I'm sure. See ya. Bye.